Boom, and we are live. So come on in, everybody. Welcome to the party. <laughs> Welcome to the gold rush. Welcome to the gold rush. Welcome to the gold rush. This is great. So yeah, we have uh, about, I think today we've got over 280 registrations. So uh, we're gonna have a full house, but there's lots of room. We're waiting for everyone to, to come in. People are, are streaming in. I see it uh, Zoom uh, winding up here, but come on in. There's plenty of room up front. Grab a seat in the front row. Don't be shy. You don't bite, Mike? It depends. I'm not <laughs> going to bite today. I'm not going to bite. I'm going to be very nice today. Thank you. So, Thank you for um, So, um where where in the world are you guys located today? Today I'm in Richmond, Virginia. How about you, Veronica? So I'm in Maryland by way of Dominican Republic. So I'm channeling, you know, some beaches and some palm trees like Josh has in his background. Uh, the Josh is in the Dominican Republic right now. Nice. I mean, I'm, I'm channeling my Dominican Republic in Northern Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Amber. channeling Odenton, Maryland. <laughs> Nowhere special. They're so exotic in that. It's all right, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we've got, uh, let's see, what we've got, a, we've got a full show today. So let's get rolling uh, as we've got a lot of people already in. So let's, let's get going today. So welcome. Uh, today is another phenomenal topic. This is Welcome to the Gold Rush 2.0. We are going to be talking about PPE again. You will understand why uh, as this unfolds. So I'm Michael Mahoney, along with my partner, Josh Fry with the Swag Coach. We're excited to have you here for distributors helping distributors. We've got two rock star panelists who we're going to introduce in a few moments, and uh, they're going to deliver the goods. We've got a lot to, to hear from them, a lot of questions to ask from them. This is the second call we've done specifically on PPE. Why, why is that? It is a, uh, this is a transformative moment in the promotional products industry, right? It's the, it is a gold rush. It is the Wild West. It is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Our, as you know, manufacturers, suppliers are pivoting from the products that they've traditionally sold into personal protective equipment for many reasons, largely out of, out of necessity, but also opportunity. And there's two movies that are playing out. One movie is there are distributors who are absolutely taking it on the chin. It's, it's, it is brutal, right? Uh, and buyers aren't there, they're not buying, they're not at work, it's, it's tough, right? On the other side, the other movie screen, we've got distributors who are having record blowout sales, record profits, their deal sizes are 10 times, 100 times the normal deal size. There are, so what we are hoping to do through our last web, last class through this one is to help bring everyone in this call, in this show, onto the latter category, record sales and profits, taking advantage of this opportunity. We talked about the last time, you know, the risks, liability, quality suppliers, dealing with prepayment of orders. We spoke with, we had a couple of distributors on, and we're talking from the, the standpoint of the frontline sales. This time, we're looking from the opposite direction. We've got two phenomenal panelists who are going to speak to us from the perspective of uh, the state government and from human resource managers and the buyer's side. What are they 
what guidance are they getting? What are they afraid of? What's motivating them? What do they need and how can we help them? So we're going at this from the opposite side. So last one was what to sell of PPE. Here we're gonna talk about why you should be selling it, how to do it and the buyer's perspective. So I'm gonna put up a poll to update one that we did last time. So on the, let me pull this up while we talk. So launch the polling. So on April 8th and on the 15th, we asked the question, you know, the same, the same poll, have you sold PPE? And looking at my notes here, we had 55%, basically in the first April 8th, 55%, excuse me, 55% had sold none. 87% had sold less than $10,000. Nobody had sold over 100,000. We asked this question again, April 15th. Again, about half had sold zero. Again, about 90% had sold less than 10,000, but one person had sold over 100,000. Okay, so, uh, and Josh is going to talk in a minute about his team and what he's seeing as well. And you're seeing some big differences in people who are coached, who are working this, who are working to take advantage of. And I think your statistic, Josh, with your team is a lot different in terms of what you're seeing in, in terms of sales uh, of PPE. So let's take a look. And Josh, why don't you comment? And if you could read this, because what I'm finding, let me share the results. What I'm finding is on the replay of these, and we're getting a lot of people watch the replay, the poll results don't show. So if you could just explain what you see and, and give your, your take. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, it's is what I expected. This is what we're seeing on the front line. So we still have 21% of the people on this call that have sold no PPE. And we're going to talk to you today uh, about this opportunity and what you can do for sure. Um, we've got 48% of people who still sold, who are selling under 10,000. But the, the number that I think that's interesting is 22% of the people on the call have sold between eleven and fifty thousand dollars, so the numbers are spiking, and we have five people on the call who have sold over a hundred thousand dollars. The first call there was zero. The last call there was one. Now there's five, and you've got several of your own. So yeah, huge difference, right? Huge difference. And let me kind of just say the following, okay? Um, I have not been able to sleep because I'm so jacked up about this opportunity. I'm not gonna lie. And I'm, I'm excited for this specific webinar because I see, I'm gonna show you an example of what I'm seeing and what I'm sure that the 31% of us who are, who are selling 50,000 plus are seeing. Like this is a once in a career opportunity. Last week, we booked as a network, our sales, my team booked 1.1 million of sales in PPE. I've never sold that in one week in my entire career. Okay. And we're just getting started because what's happening is economies are going to start to reopen. States are going to start to reopen and they're going to require PPE and they're going to, they're going to need promotional products in general as well. And so that's what I'm excited to talk about today with Amber and Veronica. You know, the spirit of this call is to help you understand that this really is a gold rush. It doesn't mean that we're taking advantage of people. We are in the supply chain for, the, for, for many of us for the first times in our careers. The supply chain for the general community, for businesses, for government. Like you have the unique access to suppliers that can deliver PPE. A lot of people don't have that. So leverage the opportunity. Look at the opportunity to really help you pivot your business and scale. We're doing it. We're having record sales and we want everyone to get in on this gold rush. And so that's the spirit of this uh, webinar today. Gosh, I, I would say that we're providing a huge community service. There are, there are 
buyers, there are businesses all over who are desperate. They can't find, they don't know what to get. They need someone to guide them through this. They don't know where to get it. They're, they're finding that suppliers aren't reliable, the book and order, and then it's canceled two weeks later. I mean, we're providing a valuable service to them. And I, I have a question. So you, you talked about record profits for your own, uh, your own coach, the people who you are coaching, right? And for yourself, how much PPE had you sold prior, you know, prior to a month ago or the people who on your team uh, who had, uh, it's, how much did they, how much did any of you guys sold? Cause my point being a lot of people here, when I'm talking to distributors, they sold zero and they're like, yeah, but I'm, I'm not in that market. I don't know what to do. How much have you guys sold before right. this? So we had sold zero. In fact, <laughs> right. I, if you asked me what PPE was a month ago, <laughs> I would tell you, I don't know. What is that? But you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a versatile entrepreneur. Next thing you know, I'm an expert in PPE. I'm doing a lot of homework. I'm reading a lot of articles. Like, check out this article from the Wall Street Journal. China's medical goods market is wild west amid surging coronavirus demand. Now, they're taking my term. I refer to it as the wild, wild west, but they're calling it the wild west. And, you know, I, I can talk to that writer about it later. But the more important issue here is, like, read the screen. Supply chain is in chaos as foreign governments, hospitals, and businesses compete for the same gear. I mean, check this out. New York City has cut deals with about 15 companies to supply face masks, according to city contracting data. Two-thirds of them have no recent history of working with the city. Okay? Wow. Two-thirds of them. We're, we're part of that. I mean, we've done work with the government, but in the grand scheme of things, we've never sold this product. We've never sold it to the government. And yet the opportunity is there because there's such a, a huge demand. And we are sitting in the catbird seat because we have access to the supply chain. So we're going to talk. I keep reiterating that. This is why I'm so excited and why I'm so excited to have Amber and Veronica on the phone today, because I think that they're going to be able to show us. If you don't believe me and you don't believe the sales that we're generating as a team, listen to them. And they're going to listen to how what they're seeing on the front lines of their respective communities and businesses and, and networks and how real this opportunity is. And that's kind of the spirit of this call. Understand what's going on out there in the real, and let's bring it back to the, to the promo distributors and help each other, you know, kind of take advantage of this opportunity and, and help out. So I've done enough talking. No, we, fan, fantastic. So we're going to, Josh, I think you've got a couple of slides and, and you want to celebrate the wins and, and, um, and then we'll minimize the screen, your, your screen share. But while you're talking, if, I like to ask the audience if you could share in the in the Q and A. So there's a chat and there's a Q and A, and it's it's a little bit easier for me if you do the Q and A because then I can uh, manage these and kind of dismiss and organize what I'm seeing. So I'll, you'll you'll see an open queue of open questions. Once they're answered, or if I dismiss them to kind of clear the screen, the audience will just see the open questions. But you can thumbs up if you like it and kind of want somebody want us to answer it. Um, and, uh, and you can actually even respond to somebody else's question if you want. But so I'm going to ask everyone to, to put in the Q&A examples of your wins what, and keep it brief and explain what kind of PPE wins are you seeing out there? And, and, and we'll, we can share those with everyone. So, so Josh, what, what do you have here? What, you're going to talk about the reopening. Yeah. So let me just give a quick update while they're kind of yeah. filling out, their, filling out their, uh, their answers for the wins. You know, um, we're going to talk today about reopening a business and every state is different. Okay. Um, the, the, the feds, the white house, the CDC, they're coming out with stipulations about people having to wear masks about uh, employers having to provide PPE for their employees. And that varies uh, in terms of, 
you know, what that responsibility is. And I know Amber's going to talk a little bit about that as well, Veronica, but what that means for employers, what that means for our clients who need to now provide PPE to their employees. Okay. So these are examples of some of the businesses that are opening up. It depends on the state, but you can kind of see the types of businesses that are opening up and you can see the types of PPE requirements that, uh, that these employers are going to need to need to provide. Um, and it's just kind of interesting to see. Um, I don't even know if we have people, Mike, at some point from the, um, and I'll, from the um, whatchamacallit, um, from any of the states that are opening up, it'd be cool at some point to kind of hear who on the call is seen and what they're seeing on the front line. Don't mean to steal your thunder, though. Yeah, ab absolutely. Okay. No, this is great. Um, so let me answer, uh, go through and address a few of these. So these are some great guys. Thank you uh, for contributing these. Teresa Daytner, uh, let me back up in terms of wins. Courtney Hoffman wins. Uh, branded masks for colleges. Very cool. Uh, Janet McMaster, face masks and sanitizer for construction and manufacturing companies for employees. So these are a, a construction is deemed essential business and they're still working and they need masks. They've got to comply, right? Uh, Brenda Caruso, cootie keys for a mortgage servicing company when they head back to the office. Mike, you know what a cootie key is, don't you? I was going to ask. <laughs> I have no idea. What's a cootie key? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's a key that you got to, if you don't have to touch the, the, the keypad or the. Oh, cootie. You know, cootie. cootie. You don't get the cooties. Oh, you don't get the cooties. <laughs> okay. We're, all right. Thank you. That's great. That's very descriptive. Uh, uh, Gail Goldstein sold 6,600 masks to the VP of real estate and operations software company. Okay. Uh, Matt, Kevin Ellis, masks for engineers. Deborah Main, face shields, uh, branded two ply. Okay. So she's selling. Uh, face mask, nitrile gloves, Bill and Metzl, large order from a bank, from a bank for floor distancing signs, along with many requests for, of course, uh, uh, masks and sanitizer. So a lot of masks and sanitizer, but he's got floor mats. Um, Ashley Duffley, only sanitizer orders so far. Terry Phelps, Terry Phelps, uh, rural health clinic. So, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, Financial companies, banks. So you guys can take a look in the chat here. Gowns for Home Health Company, uh, forty-eight hundred to a lumber supply store. So yeah, there's a lot going on there. That's that's super exciting. So let's turn uh, let, let's turn to our panelists and and, and let them weigh in. So I'll, I'll begin with Amber. Amber Clayton is a, a a senior executive with the Society for Human Resource Management. The society has over 300,000 HR and business executives in 165 countries. Amber oversees the society's knowledge center and the knowledge with the knowledge center. She has a team of 18 certified former HR directors. They field inquiries from the 300,000 members. They share expertise, guidance, and resources, but they're basically interacting with these 300,000 members and answering questions. What do you think the number one question is now? the virus. And uh, last year you had 55,000 inquiries this year. Uh, I'm going to take an assumption that that to make an assumption that that's way up. So Amber, I'll start with you. Welcome. Uh, thank you. How's your question flow now? 55,000 last year. Is it, uh, has it yes. bumped up this year? It is actually, we've already done about 25,000 so far this year. So we're slated to get probably about 70,000 to 73,000 if we continue on this path. So we're, we're really busy right now. And you're right. A lot of the questions that we're getting right now are around COVID and compliance and return to work. 
Right, right, fantastic. So what, just to start, what kinds of questions are you fielding from the Knowledge Center, from all these members? What, what are the types of questions you're getting? Oh goodness, we're getting everything. So when we first started before the uh, shelter in place of some of the states, um, we were having questions around telework and how um, businesses could allow telework. Uh, we were getting questions around uh, the new Families First Coronavirus Act, uh, Response Act, the FFCRA, and how to comply with the paid sick time and the paid expanded family medical leave. Um, lots of questions around that. We've gotten questions around the loans for small businesses. Uh, we've gotten questions around the CARES Act and what that means for 401k plans. Um, pretty much anything, safety, um, temperature taking, anything around um, the safety of the employees, bringing people back to work if they tested positive, uh, things of that nature. You name it, we probably so, have gotten it. <laughs> and, and so as it relates to, to, to personal protective equipment, so you know, sanitizers, masks, signage, maybe gloves. What are some of the concerns that HR managers around the U.S. and even around the world are presenting to you? What are they worried about and what are they, what are they having to do? Yeah, I mean, certainly there is concern for safety, not only from the employer standpoint, but the employee standpoint. Many of these employees have been working from home or been on leave or furlough. And so they're concerned about coming back to work and the safety of the work environment. So mm -hmm. employers have to consider things such as the standard cleaning procedures that they did previously. They may, they may now need to um, increase the frequency of how often they clean, which means they're going to need more cleaning supplies, which means they're gonna need more gloves, um, more masks. Um, we're seeing questions around um, what what do my employees need to do? Do they need to wear gloves? Do they need to wear masks? And right now, um, we're still waiting from OSHA for some guidance on particular um, uh, workplaces. I mean, there is PPE requirements already for manufacturing, for um, construction, mining, um, different industries. But as far as overall, we're still kind of waiting to see if there's going to be any requirements or if it's just going to be guidance for employers. Um, so, of course, employers are asking about should we require members or employees to wear uh, mask and gloves? Um, should we stagger their schedule? Should we have them return at different times? Um, what else can we do to make the workplace safe? Um, and some of the CDC guidance is still going to be um, played out even uh, now. So in the, in the beginning, it was like, you know, make sure your employees understand that they need to wash their hands, put up signage, um, try to keep people six feet apart. Some employers were putting down signs or the arrows to make sure that people were walking in different ways. So there's, there's a lot that's happening. And especially now with the return to work, we're starting to get more questions around what can we do to bring back employees and make sure that it's safe. So Amber, as, as these employers are are coming back and they're they're dealing with of course we're focused here on on you know the ppe aspect of this how many of these uh, would you guess or uh, have purchased ppe before probably not many uh maybe the ones that already had requirements under osha but for right. retail restaurants um they've never had to purchase masks before or gloves for many of those positions so i think we're going to see a lot more businesses needing those products, but they're also going to be looking for other products as well that are going to maintain a safe work environment. And it could be things such as touchless, um, you know, uh, maybe touch, touchless soap dispensers or faucets or things that they could do to try to minimize uh, the the surface and the viruses, people touching uh, common things. Cootie keys. That, 
What's that? Cooties. Cootie yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I thought about, Josh and I were having a conversation about this, and one of the things that just popped into my mind was I've always wanted to have on our doors in the bathrooms little step, the little foot thing at the bottom that you could open up. <laughs> and Veronica's <laughs> going, yes. It, it drives me crazy because you have to reach for the the paper towel and, you know, open up the door at the same time. So if I had that cootie key thing that you mentioned um, or a foot adapter that's put onto the doors, um, I, I think that's another thing that people would really like to be able to, you know, have that ability to not touch that dirty doorknob. Um, so there's there's a lot wow. of things I think that employers might be looking at outside of just mask and gloves. Okay, that could be the takeaway of the call. I, there, there you go. I, I didn't. I haven't even seen that. I'm not sure. You no. know, I wasn't aware of that. I just made a note. Like you know, uh, is that because you like touching dirty doorknobs? I don't know what it's called, but I I don't know what it's called, but I know it's like a hygienic touchless foot pedal or something that you put on the doors. I've seen them before. That's great. Okay. Okay. So let me try, I want to chime in real quickly just to kind of convert the conversation a bit to the audience. So Mm -hmm. for those of you that are not paying attention, take notes here. Okay. Because what Amber is talking about are products that we offer. Okay. You know, she's talking about the safety of the employees. Okay. Mass, obviously. Um, She's talking about testing you know, infrared thermometers and these types of products that, that these, the, the, these employers are going to need. These are part of our supply chain. You know, she's talking about sanitizers, not just hand sanitizers, but sanitizer stands, touchless sanitizer stands, these types of things, signage, directional signage, so people stay six feet apart. So you can kind of start to see, uh, oh, this, is, this was why I get so excited. Thanks for being on the call. I really appreciate it because I understand that there's this, this wave of need is, hasn't even hit yet. These businesses are not open yet. And is, as the states start to pop open, these needs are going to skyrocket. So when we, for our audience, are sitting here trying to understand, well, what is the, you know, how does this fit in with us? Well, how do we pivot? How do we get ready for when the economy opens? This is firsthand, you know, experience sharing and information. So thank you very much for sharing. I really appreciate it. I'll yeah. stop talking. And Josh, just to go back on the temperature taking for a moment, I mean, that's something that we've gotten questions on from employers about, you know, whether or not they could take temperatures of employees when they return to work. But we've also seen um, employers ask us if they could purchase thermometers for their employees and allow them to be able to take it before they actually come into work. So that is is something else that I think you're going to see a lot of is, is temperature thermometer purchases. Yeah, that's interesting. And just to kind of reiterate for the audience, you know, Amber's organization, the Society for Human Resource Management, their members are 300,000 HR professionals, okay? These could be HR directors. These could be, are they risk managers? These could be a wide array of people that are in the HR space. For those of you on the phone that uh, you know what an HR manager is, an HR director, and I'm sure a bunch of them are your clients. So (laughs) there you go. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Fantastic. (laughs) So... So let's let's bring in Veronica and uh, and and hear from Veronica. So Veronica is a, an entrepreneur, author, speaker, uh, a mom, and uh, is the founder of Cool and Associates. And uh, and she has the the best last name of any panelist we've we've had on. Love it. So uh, she's the founder of Cool and Associates, which is a management consulting firm. Financial. She has financial and operational experience to help her clients drive growth. She's worked with a lot of companies that you know. Uh, large organizations like Wells Fargo, the Bank of America, very involved with the Chamber of Commerce in her area. She serves or leads multiple boards 
She's won numerous awards and recognitions, including the NFL Hispanic Heritage Leadership Award, Baltimore Sun's Women to Watch, Chamber of Commerce Hispanic Leader of the Year Award, and a lot more. She's recognized by uh, First Lady Michelle Obama for her commitment to, to youth mentoring. Why we're particularly excited to have you on today, Veronica, is because of your, your work bringing the experience we just talked about to the state of Maryland. And I know that you have been recruited by the governor of Maryland, uh, Governor Hogan, to serve on a committee to deal with the, uh, the impact of the virus on the state economy, as well as, you know, in small businesses and bringing the economy back. So can you tell us a, about the work that you're doing? What's this panel? What are you doing with the governor's office and, and what you're seeing in terms of, uh, in, in terms of the impact on small business? Sure. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, guys. Uh, this is awesome. And I know that this is a new world we're living in. Um, so my consulting firm, I spent 20 years in commercial banking. So I have all the operational knowledge from funding small businesses, getting them bank ready. And because I'm Hispanic, I'm the only one that's typically in a room. I ended up getting a lot of questions around how do we reach Latinos? How do we hire Latinos? How do we serve Latinos? So fast forward, I opened up the consulting firm with the concept of connecting bridges, building a bridge between the American mainstream and the Hispanic population. So for the last six years, we've been doing practical execution of work, translations, management of events, uh, community outreach, um, to strategy. How do you do this to make money, to serve the community for nonprofits, governments, multiple organizations across the board? So, the governor of Maryland, obviously, as every other governor is, um, developing a plan to reopen the economy. And they're smart. They're tapping the frontline folks like ourselves because we have the anecdotal real life, uh, not the anecdotal, but the real life experience. So as a Latina, I'm connected to both sides of the house. The American folks, I get to be home and work from home like we are. And the essential workers that are in housekeeping, janitorial constructions that are deemed out and exposed to the virus. So the feedback from our particular small business task force, it tends to be mostly personal services. So all the services that uh, Josh listed on his slide, from spa to gyms to um, hair and barber shops. So these are the frontline folks and these owners are tasked with preventing the spread of the virus. So what Amber was mentioning is those calls are concerning. How am I going to measure the temperature of my employees? How do I restrain my space? How do I label my office, my, my gym, my location? How do I reduce my workers to match my clients and be in abidance to the law? So as it comes to PPE and particularly language and cultural access, I think the reason Josh and I got so excited about collaborating today is because that's an entire segment of the population that is being missed. So we have yet to see the implications in terms of um, not following the mandates and the regulations rolling out from governments. I mean, this is moving at the speed of light. So if you're an employer and I come in and I measure my temperature, you measure your temperature, how and, and who is liable if I'm ill and I took Benadryl before I left the house? What if the thermometer is faulty? Who is bearing that burden? And then more importantly, are you translating all of your instructions in Spanish? Then you have the cultural awareness and the cultural sensitivity piece. 
typically folks in the front line tend to have, I'm, I'm gonna call different skills. So in construction, we know that the Latino population is upwards of 50% of that population of that workforce. So are your training videos, is your signage in Spanish? I want you to think about taking a pair of gloves off. How are you delivering that content? How do you implement the putting on of a gown, the removal of a gown in a fashion that is still abiding by sanitation standards? So if you're not relaying those instructions in a reading level that is comprehensible, could you be liable? Could you be the one at fault? And just if you don't know, the average reading level in the general American market is sixth grade. So when you see something published out for general mass consumption, it's a sixth grade reading level. The average Whoa. reading level for a Hispanic in the US, average, right? It's third grade. So if you're using a machine translation like Google, or you're using an internal team member that happens to speak Spanish or took Spanish in high school, they have to know which Spanish to use, what level, and they have to simplify it so that the message is comprehended. Subtlety does not work with a Latino community. If in America, in the United States, we tend to be very courteous and very considerate, we suggest things. You may want to consider X. In Spanish, that message is missed as small talk. So if you're mandating as an employer, put on your gloves, take your temperature, put the face mask on, remove the face mask and trash it, all those ridiculous steps, if you're not mandating them in writing and video verbally in the language of comprehension, then you run the risk of folks not understanding how to use that. That's a fascinating perspective, Ron. Thank you. I had not considered all that. And uh, uh, Josh, I'm wondering if you can translate that into the language of promotional products distributors. <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure what no grade problem. level. I'm not. I'm not going to speculate what grade <laughs> level your your reading is on. But if you could just give it your best shot. So how does that Come tie on, in? I thought we were uh, partners here. <laughs> First off, Veronica, thank you very much. You know, there are a couple of things that immediately come to mind. I mean, I got a, a litany of questions here. You know, first off, you know, from the state side of things and putting the onus on employers, you know, putting the onus on a salon owner who's been out of business now for going on what, eight weeks to now buy equipment, forget us selling PPE or whatever, just for the small bit, you know, from one small business owner to another, like, Right. That sucks. And how are they getting the resources? Is the state going to support them at all with any of those costs? We're not there yet. We're not there yet. I think, you know, part of the yeah. process, and you guys are getting a sneak peek underneath the hood. These are the things that as owners, you know, if I talk to Amber and she said, be careful, your folks have to be safe. You have to have the right sanitation policies. She's not telling me how much that's going to cost. She's just giving me warnings of, hey, did you check this, this and that? For me to be in compliance, I have to, just like now, we have to provide paper towels, utensils, the basics, and it's part of our cost of business. So this, I think, will be the new era. This will be part of how we do business going forward. Yeah, and on the positive <laughs> side of things, just to kind of bear in mind, I mean, look, for uh, maybe for maybe not the frontline businesses like you're describing who have been shut down and not been able to pivot, but as other companies who have you know pivoted, they've got employees that work at home, they're going to be coming back to the workforce. They may have resources that have been, haven't been used. So maybe, you know, canceled events. Well, that, that budget is right. being reallocated to 
products like that, like PPE. So it's not all doom and gloom, I think, but at the same time, it's just, it's interesting how the onus is getting pushed down on the small business owner. But you know what, as entrepreneurs, it's what we do. You know, when right. I'm not expecting a handout, just going to do what I need to do to kind of hustle. Exactly. That's, well, that's the American dream. And just to give you one caveat for everyone that is listening, one of the recommendations that I am personally pushing is since we've had such a disruption to income, I'm pushing governments to retool or rework their procurement processes so that small businesses like ours can have an easier way to win some of those contracts. I mean, I love to have a contract from the state of Maryland for PPE for the Association of Barbers and Masseuse. I want to be the vendor of choice for PPEs, for translation services. So you need to make sure that as a small business, every, every jurisdiction has what's called a, a, um, a certification process, a business set aside. So it can be for being a minority, African-American, um, veteran, um, small business, disadvantaged business by size. So make sure that you take advantage of certifications for whatever your category is. So then you can kind of leap ahead of other bidders. Yeah. So as yeah. a Hispanic woman in small business category, I should have a head up, a head, a head of other vendors that may not have that set aside opportunity. Like me. I'll take it. And, and for sure, and for sure, you know, uh, I, I venture that over half the the audience today are you know women-owned businesses, and they're almost all, uh, you know, they're all small businesses, typically one to five employees, right? So a lot of the the, the attendees would, would do qualify if they file the paperwork or they present themselves appropriately, qualify for those kind of set asides for government contracts or for large businesses. That are that do business with the government, and they need to fulfill certain mandates when right. they are they're making they're going through procurement decisions, even though they're a private business, yeah. because right. the money's coming from from government, right? And, and I want to I want to encourage will, hey, Josh, I, I want yeah. encourage everyone to ask questions too to the audience. Uh, hit the the uh, Q and A button and su and submit questions you have for Veronica or Amber or Josh. If you want to come on live, we've got time for just you know one or two people if you click on the there's a hand button on the, on the bottom we can bring you into the call we'll unmute you and you can actually ask your question live so josh yeah and just to kind of reiterate and i'm going to make a little shameless plug for my coaching program because this is exactly what you know if you have a coach like our program we have somebody that um, has we've helped them set up as a as a small business set aside uh, for a local government and that and they just landed a you know a 400,000 unit face shield order. So, it, you know, they, the governments are trying, well, not all governments, some, some, you know, in our area, the governments are trying to help out some of the small businesses with some of the set aside for PPE. Um, the other thing, just to kind of shift the conversation real quickly is um, as it comes back to the audience, you know, like Veronica, you were talking about building bridges and strategy and these types of things. Like I'm, I'm all about that, by the way. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of part of the spirit of, of these calls is distributors helping distributors. And, you know, the stuff that you both, that you and Amber are both talking about, you know, uh, translating signage and instructions, um, you know, sanitation, people understanding, you know, the employers understanding, the employees understanding this, this communication usually comes with some form of branding, usually comes with some form of print or, you know, promotional merchandise. And so for the people that are on this call, this is part of the opportunity that you need to understand. So you may not be selling, 
you know, um, drink koozies, but maybe you're selling signs that have translations on a, on a social distancing program. And so this is the pivot opportunity um, that is real and we're seeing it on the front line. And, uh, and that's again, why I'm excited. Josh, Josh, a couple of questions we've got uh, that I want to pose to you. One, uh, Teresa Dayton is asking what kind of profit margins are you seeing? Are these more or less than typical, you know, margins with PPE? You know, I think this is kind of where the wild, wild west comes in. You know, there's a lot of people that are in our supply chain that offer the same exact product. And so, you know, kind of, it's almost like you have to work the deal backwards. You have to feel comfortable enough that you can get the supply from the preferred suppliers as is needed by the customer. And once you've got that locked in and can put together a bid that's competitive, you know, like on the government side of things, uh, you know, I, it's, it's, it seems all over the place. I know people who bid 10%. I know people who bid 30% of the gross profits. But where I think the opportunity is if you can get a relationship with really, it doesn't matter whether it's government or corporate, you understand the buyer's needs and you understand kind of their budget, their timeline for delivery, like what are their pain points, same like sales 101, then you can back into the supply chain. I know that sounds for some people very uncomfortable or a little risky, but the reality is we have a vetted supply chain, people selling the same product. So you can go to multiple suppliers to deliver as needed. And, you know, and it's the wild, wild west. People want to negotiate. People want to deal because they've got a lot of stock they want to sell off. So uh, it's about being fair to the customer and then kind of working the deal on the back end. So, uh, Josh, briefly, uh, Gabe Barton's asking, how are you finding opportunities outside your current clients? And I think a couple of these really large PPE deals that your own, the people who are working under you as you're coaching them, they're getting, they're all getting new deals in this. How are you finding those or your team? How, how are the people you're coaching finding them? So I'm going to, can we put, put that question on hold for about 10 minutes? I've got a cheat sheet I want to go through and we're going to talk about Perfect. the top 10 ways to go about doing that. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. That I've done. Uh, absolutely. Um, a, a question that's, uh, that's here for that I'd like to pose to, to Amber is, you know, what, what guidelines are you getting from the white house or CDC for as businesses reopen are, are, and are you, what are you providing if anything to your clients and saying, here's, here's what you need to be prepared to do mm -hmm. uh, in terms of guidelines to, to reopen. Are you, are you providing guides to them? We, we are. We actually um, have several resources regarding return to work. We're addressing um, a lot of issues, not just the safety part of it, but the benefits part, the payments part, um, having to deal with individuals who are laid off and being recalled. So there's a number of different considerations that employers have when they're returning people to work. Um, but with regards to safety, though, um, something Josh it was just saying a few minutes ago, I think, you know, marketing is really important for businesses like yours. And there are a lot of employers that don't even know that they need something. And so, for example, you know, we see with grocery stores right now, they have the shields up by the registers. And I think I saw an article the other day where there was like a portable shield that was in front of um, two people sitting at a restaurant table. Um, you know, there are employers out there that may not realize that they need this stuff. So it's going to be up to your organizations to market those products to them. And when I get that email, I'll say, oh, you know what? I didn't even realize that could be something. Let me go ahead and purchase it. Um, I was thinking about travel kits, for example, business travel kits. And your current travel kits and most promotional product companies have things like, you know, a comb and, and you know, 
sure, what is it, shampoo, conditioner bottles and things like that. Well, your travel kits are going to change now. They should have a mask in them. They should have hand wipes. They should have hand sanitizers, maybe earbuds, um, maybe a plastic neck ring um, so that you could easily wash it. I mean, there's just, you know, you need to take a look at the products that you have to see how they could be customized to deal with um, or to uh, be uh, worth value to the to the employers as they return to work and what could potentially be um, safe to them. So um, CDC guidance is still the same. The, the hand washing, the sanitizing, the um, cleaning the surfaces, uh, that hasn't changed and won't change once people get back to work. What may change is what the requirements might be under the law, like under OSHA, um, and what those might be as far as the, the PPE. But there's and, definitely know, a lot of ideas I have. <laughs> Uh, uh, do you, would you like to join the promotional products industry? Uh, we, I can help you get in. I know. After I talked to you, Josh, I was like writing down all these things that I thought of that I thought, oh, this would be cool. Not to say that Wait. I think that employers are all going to say I need a koozie key thing, whatever, whatever it is. It's but a cootie maybe key. they hadn't cootie. thought about that before. And that's all in the marketing of the product. And so maybe there is a, you know, a customer out there that would you know, say, hey, you know what, that would be good to have one of those plastic shields in front of my reception desk so that the patients are not face-to-face -face with the um, with the receptionist, things like that. Fantastic. All right, Amber, I'll, I'll get you an application for our coaching program, Swag Coach, <laughs> after this. So I got two, so we want to we change into, we've got about 18 minutes left. I know we, we want to move to Josh's fabulous cheat sheet on things, but before we do that, um, I want to ask Veronica, just if we could hold this to about one minute, uh, 30 seconds for each answer. So one is from Evelyn Flynn, and she's asking Veronica, uh, how can we as small business owners get business from state agencies for PPE? Where do they even begin to look, right? Every agency, every government has a forecast page or a procurement page. For the state of Maryland, it's now called EMA, E-M-M-A. Just Google government contracts, and also be mindful that there will be contracts and procurement bid they come in all those names so make sure you google all those versions of it procurement bids um for every jurisdiction the state level the local level the city levels um you will even have opportunities for departments of health for public school systems um university systems so just the gamut you can google where can i find opportunities also be in touch with the chambers of commerce if you're not a member as you already should be a member of Sherm, you should also be a member of your local chamber because they're constantly posting webinars and opportunities for you to stay up to date on things. Fantastic. Thanks, Veronica. Actually, the second question uh, I, I said for Veronica, the second question is for Amber. Uh, and Wayne Greenberg, uh, who's a, a, a member of the uh, promotional industry, the, the, the Association Hall of Fame. Uh, PPAI. PPAI, thank you. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, so uh, Wayne says, does the society have a position on whether companies have a responsibility to protect their employees from each other and from their customers, you know, with masks, measuring their temperature before entering buildings? So what's the liability there? Yeah, so it's not from SHRM, but rather from OSHA. And every employer has a duty. It's called a general duty clause under OSHA to maintain a, a safe work environment. They need to have an environment that's free from recognized hazards that won't cause any serious harm or injury to employees. So if you look up general duty clause, that's the, um, the regulation that requires employers to ensure the safety of the work environment for their employees. Okay. What's until I don't know, I don't forget what OSHA stands for. Oh, Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Okay. And there They're there are like some government. some state local OSHA type um, agencies out there as well. 
like uh, California has Cal OSHA. Gotcha. And uh, Adria Eliason is just post has posted a comment that you know if anyone tries to import from China, that most of she she believes that most of the N95 and KN95 factories. Uh, and the, even the three ply factors have been nationalized by the Chinese government. I don't, I haven't heard that. That might be true. Uh, meaning they're dictating the government's dictating where orders can ship to and their prices. Uh, and that, you know, a lot of the uh, masks from third parties are counterfeit. So, you know, buyer beware. This is why we work with trusted suppliers, which is what we covered on the last webinar in detail. Uh, right. So, okay. Josh, can you put up your this. cheat sheet? Cheat yes. sheet. Cheat okay. sheet time. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see if we can see the cheat sheet. Tell me if you can see it. Yes. Okay, perfect. All right. So I'm going to blitz through this uh, for, for everybody on the call here. And I'm going to share, there are, I'm sure there are 25 or 50 or 100 different ways to effectively sell PPE, but I'm going to blitz through the 10 things that I'm doing and I'm coaching my team on doing. Okay? So let's blitz through them real quickly. Number one, you have to make sure that you have a PPE section on your website. Okay, featuring vetted suppliers only. All right, there is a ton of competition. Alibaba, Amazon, everybody and their mother and brother and sister is trying to get in on the PPE business. I would strongly encourage you to set up a section of your site, but focus on vetted suppliers only. Number two, um, send a PPE communication and promotion to your clients with links back to your website. So if you have a website that's set up to offer PPE and people can transact online, then drive people to the website, get them to buy. I mean, this is like pretty, you know, sales, online sales 101. Um, the third thing that I'm doing is I am deploying an army of resellers and strategic partners. So people that are out there through my network that are in the community that, uh, that, have, that have their own customers, that have their own networks that need PPE to try to, try to drive lead flow for me. Um, and then the fourth thing that I'm doing is um, I am promoting PPE products to businesses that are reopening. So we talked about salons, spas, barbershops, some retailers, some, some restaurants. We have just so many different products that we can offer to help support those small businesses on the PPE side and educating them. You know, even though we're newer to the game, imagine how new they are, right? They're not even fully open. They're trying to figure things out and get, get going. And they're just... They need help. We can be a resource, not just selling product, but a consultative resource to uh, clients and prospective clients. Fifth thing I'm doing is I'm finding and bidding on government uh, PPE uh, RFPs, requests for proposals, local, state, and federal. Uh, Veronica talked about those opportunities. Uh, sixth thing I'm doing is asking my clients for referrals. So uh, there was a question about how I'm getting business. I'm asking for referrals to the PPE decision makers in the company. So, and this is a pretty interesting experience I'm having because my, my, my buyer, my relationship may not be the one that, ha that is even dealing with PPE, but they're introducing me to brand new buyers in a company. It's allowing me the opportunity to start building relationships with other buyers that would normally not have any interest in talking to me or give me the time of day, like risk managers, as an example or facilities managers, uh, uh, especially on the real estate side. Uh, number seven thing I'm doing is I'm announcing my PPE uh, capabilities on social media and sharing order examples and case studies so that I, so people understand how we can service the industry. Um, number eight, I am sharing my PPE capabilities with my family and my friends and my business network because most people know me as a swag guy and I just want them to know that, you know, our industry is pivoted, our supply chain is pivoted, 
we can be a resource. And uh, there are a lot of people out there that are, that are asking for PPE, masks, gloves, and what have you. Uh, the ninth thing I'm doing is offering piggyback deals to help uh, clients save money. So for example, um, I was talking to a group of, uh, of construction owners and they're all looking for thermometers. They don't really care if it has their logo on it, they just need the infrared thermometers. So I, I'm offering them a group buy. If someone buys five, another one buys 10, another one buys, uh, buys 20, they get the 35 unit price as, as opposed to the smaller unit price everybody saves. Um, and then the last thing that I'm doing is I am trying to close and lock the deals in as fast as I can, as absolutely fast as I can. It's like every single day, it seems like the, the playing field is changing. Uh, the customer's needs change. The supply chain is, is changing. Um, and just to push and guarantee the stock, guarantee the price to my customers, I'm locking in those orders fast. It's helping me close deals faster, helping my team close deals faster, and ensuring that the customer gets what they want on time. <sighs> okay. Wow, that was a blitz. Way to go, Josh. <laughs> That's fantastic. And uh, I, I want to come back to this, Josh. And I, uh, some of the questions that I want to take a caller. We've got one person that raised their hand, Gladys Burke. So I want to reward her for raising her hand. We'll bring her on for a quick moment. But um, our, you know, our mailbag, what we get after every one of these are, are feedback about questions about the small group coaching and how to take this blitz and all this information you've given us and, you know, getting better access to, you know, panelists like Amber and Veronica, but like, what are we doing beyond this that people can take advantage of to really implement the, the, the strategies and opportunities that, that we're talking about here. So let me bring Gladys. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to allow you to talk, ask you to unmute your phone. I'm going to hit unmute. You make sure you unmute on, on your end. There we go. And um, let's see. All right, Gladys. There we go. Hi, Gladys. Welcome to the show. What What would you like to ask the panelists? Okay. Uh, all right. We're having microphone issues. All right. We can't hear Gladys. All right, Gladys. If you want to send something in the chat, you're welcome to. We'll uh, We will We'll come back. We can try and answer the question there. So, I'll take. There we go. So, Josh, let's go ahead and transition and talk about. We had about how this relates to the work that we're doing uh, with the with the teams and with the small group coaching. Yeah, and I've got a I've got a I've got a slide about action plans. If you decide you want to put that up as well, so. Yeah. No. Look, I mean, we're slinging a lot at, at everybody yeah. on the call. We've been slinging a lot of information, and that's the spirit of this, right? Let's just do. Uh, let's just get as much information as we can to distributors. We're distributors helping distributors. Um, but it's a lot. And so what we're, what's happening is we're getting a lot of inquiries for, well, how can you, uh, this is too much, or how can you help me with my own business? How can you, uh, I, I, need, uh, I need help executing on this. These are great ideas, but I need help executing. Well, I mean, I, I have a coach in my, my own world. That's exactly why I have a coach. That's exactly why we run these coaching sessions. So just have a little bit more of a personal, intimate setting to kind of help you scale your business. And that's what we're offering here are these small group coaching sessions. Um, and we're starting up on May 12th and 26th. And uh, I know we've got, Mike, you can talk a little bit about some of the, the signups and kind of where things stand. But I can tell you that, um, you know, from my own experience, uh, the, 
the opportunity, like, look, I've, I'm, I've been around the block long enough. I don't profess to know every single thing, but I can tell you that we've helped our, um, our members uh, scale their businesses pretty significantly. And uh, if anything, last week is a perfect example. So, so uh, Josh, another element of, of these sessions is the, the round table. So this is not only the, the coaching sessions uh, where we're talking about vetting suppliers. We just got a question from Missy about, you know, how do you know who are vetted suppliers? Uh, but increasing margins, uh, you know, different ideas, but we're, uh, we, we have a round table or there's a round table element where you're learning directly from your peers who are also frontline uh, sales distributors. And that's part, and, and you and I, as we've mentioned before in these calls, you and I have been on a, a, a CEO round table effectively for 17 years, the same group of six members. We have met month in and month out without fail for about 17 years now. And it's been instrumental to my professional growth and the growth of, of my businesses. Yeah. So, you know, so we're, we're doing this and we're bringing what we've learned and, and the, the skills and the resources, the tools that we've learned to promotional products distributors. So we've had the first group or the first group, we start up May 12th, the first, you're going to be in a group of five. So it's a round table of five. We'll bring all the round tables together for one session, a group training session. Then we will break out into the round tables of five. The first round table uh, has two spots left. I've got about 40 people who've expressed interest and I expect that to fill up pretty quickly. We will, within the next day or two, we're then going to turn to a wait list to work on the, on the second round table. So Josh, you're saying? I was just going to say is like, this is not, I don't know, for those of you in the industry that have, uh, you know, that have tapped into any of the, the coaching or any of the, you know, educational sessions. Um, you know, I'm a, like a player coach. I'm actively selling. I have my own book of business. I'm a frontline coach. And so I think the difference is, you know, I'm, I, we're bringing experience back from the front line, just like you're bringing it back. And that's kind of the part here that I love the best is peer sharing. You know, we all have different clients. We all have different experiences. We're all learning different lessons. And the ability to kind of put that together in an organized coaching session to help each other scale our businesses is gold. And uh, it's a process that's worked for, like you were saying, Mike, for years. And uh, it's one that we're excited to bring to the industry. So I'm going to put up the, the poll. We've had, had this before. And if you're interested in, in uh, a call or an email to be a follow-up regarding the uh, the the, the small group coaching and the round table, the peer round table, let us know. We'll follow up. There is a page. There's, there's two ways you can follow up with us is one is uh, email me at Michael at swagcoach.com. So it's Michael at swagcoach.com. You can also go to the swag coach website and uh, look. So it's the, the swagcoach.com under programs. You'll see small group coaching so programs and small group coaching. Also, if, if, uh, if anyone wants to rewatch this to, to catch anything, or if they, uh, want to watch any of the previous shows that we've had or share those with anyone that's also at the swagcoach.com under events and then you'll see the the sessions all the recordings are there this one will be posted within about 24 hours and uh, we encourage you to just pass the word around let your colleagues your peers know and come out and join us and and, and take advantage of this so again that's the spirit these are free we're trying to be great bring great panelists on and, and help each other and get through this and it's a positive session. We're not, you're not gonna hear the doom and gloom here. We're focused on positivity and success and, and taking full advantage of this and helping people uh, to make this a, a great opportunity for everybody. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and close this out. And 
we we can end with uh, we can end with uh, I'd like to give the opportunity for our panelists just to give us a quick close, and then Josh, you can you can take us home and wrap us up for the day. But Amber and Veronica, any closing thoughts for everyone who's uh, who's on the call today? Um, thank you. I actually not necessarily a closing thought, but something I thought about that we hadn't really touched on is mental health. And right now, um, that is a big topic, especially for people sure. who have been laid off, furloughed, uh, people who are returning to work and dealing with employers, employees concerns, not just about safety, but also that guilt of other people not being recalled back to work. And so when you think about mental health and about the stress, the anxiety, the depression that people are going through right now, just because of the uncertainty and things, um, I mentioned this because you've got products out there like stress balls. Don't get rid of those stress balls. Um, you have an opportunity to be able to market these types of things. You know, there's products that are uh, the yoga mats, the um, the products that can help relieve some of the stress and anxiety and uh, other mental health uh, issues that some employees may have. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. There's definitely a lot of opportunities and I'll share some other thoughts with Josh and with Michael and hopefully that would get over to you maybe. Um, yes. And uh, and yeah, I mean, again, I don't have any research data, but I think it's about how you market it. And I think there's a really good opportunity for your businesses right now. Phenomenal observations. You've got some okay. great ideas uh, for most products and especially the, the, the mental health, the, uh, the mental health uh, issues, critical. Uh, a lot of people, are, this is challenged. So uh, thank you for, for presenting that. Uh, Veronica, any, any final you. thoughts? Muchas gracias. Um, thank you for having us. And just know that we're a resource for you. Do keep in mind that there are tremendous opportunities, just echoing the three of you. I think you will be able to um, continue to grow your businesses by quickly pivoting. That's one of the strengths of being a small business. We don't have the shackles of huge organizations. We can tomorrow start selling these widgets, whatever they need to be. But I would ask you to remember that not everyone speaks English and actually the largest consumer market is outside of the United States. So I know Josh has a lot of capacity for international shipping. I mean, this is a global world and economy. So remember that obviously Spanish is a, a top language in the United States, but there's others. And our company is equipped to help you from as little as one basic translation to proofing your signage. Please don't waste money mass printing things and have errors. We see that constantly, constantly. So we're here to help. Um, we're a small business doing the same as you. So we're looking forward to partnering with you guys. So thank you so much for having me. Great awesome. observations. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks, Veronica. Fantastic. Um, Josh, I'm going to put up the poll and, and, and I'd ask our audience feedback. I mean, this really helps us. We do pay attention. We go back after the show. We look at the questions uh, and the feedback. But if you could share with us, whether you're on a, a mobile device or on your PC and, uh, you know, how did this work for you today? Was this viable? With that, Josh, why don't you take us home, close us out, and we'll, uh, we'll look forward to seeing everybody next week. So, Josh? Yeah. Well, first off, I mean, thank you so much, uh, Amber and Veronica. Really, really appreciate your time, your expertise, your insight, your positivity, your inspiration. I mean, we are here to help distributors. And this is exactly the vision that we had when putting this together. You know, yes, uh, we are in a pandemic, but no, we are not alone. Yes, there are tons of opportunities. And sometimes we just need to get out of our own heads and see the light and see what is out there. So having you two on the call and being able to share based on your own experiences, what, uh, what you're seeing is just, it's proof in the pudding. It's just fantastic. So 
Thank you both very, very much. Really, really appreciate the time. We will make sure to uh, make available both of your contact information. We have it uh, to the audience. So anybody that wants to follow up uh, and just to continue to be a resource to them for sure. Uh, Mike, thank you. You crushed it. Thanks. You're an animal. I don't know why your hair doesn't grow like mine and everybody else's, but I'm impressed. It's a wig. <laughs> you look fantastic. Uh, this was this was a fantastic uh, show, and I, I hope the audience uh, feels the same way. Uh, really, really, really fantastic. So thank fantastic. you, everybody. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week. Spread the word. You're automatically registered if you're in, and come back uh, next Wednesday at noon. We're going to do this again. Right. It'll be even better. That's right. Okay. All right. See you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Go sell PPE. <laughs> See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you.